0: And good to hear men sing for the Lord. Appreciate that. I love America too. Let's stand tonight if you're able to. Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. Just two verses tonight. Don't get excited. A lot of times shorter text, longer message. So just warning you. So I never, I never plan to be long. And I hope tonight we'll just enjoy some time. And then we'll enjoy the evening, but Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 10. And let's read these two verses, 10 and 11, together, all right? Everybody there, Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 tonight, all right? Here we go. Let's begin. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. And Lord, I'm thankful tonight that this morning we took some time to, of course, honor those that had given their lives for the freedom that we have. But way beyond that, Lord, we talked about and we saw from the scriptures how very thankful we should be for the Lord Jesus, for the freedom that we have from the bondage of sin, for the new life that we have because of him. And Lord, I think tonight about this passage and about knowing him. And I wonder sometimes in our hearts and in our busy lives, do we really take the time to get to know him the way we should? Lord, tonight may you stir our hearts, that we may may search him out more than we ever have before, that we might know him more intimately and personally than we ever have. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless this evening in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You look at this passage, these couple verses, and it reminds me of our life in Christ, I spoke to someone today at lunch, and I said, you know, salvation is the miracle of a moment. Uh, If you can think back, and I hope somehow, some way, it may not be the exact date, maybe not, maybe you can't think of the place, but I hope there's been a time in your life that you can look back and remember it was there, or it was then, that I trusted Christ as my Savior. For me, it's been almost 34 years ago, and I remember it just like it was yesterday. I spoke to someone this morning, and he said the same thing. He said, I'm enjoying my life with the Lord Jesus. And I think that's the way God intends the Christian life to be. And as you think about it, it's like any other relationship that we're in, is we need to take the time to get to know him. As you read this, these couple verses in our passage tonight, we understand that the apostle Paul is the one that God allowed to pen these words. And certainly if there ever was a man that got to know the Lord, now most of his life he had lived for the world, doing things for himself. Now he certainly, as we mentioned even this morning in our Sunday school hour, Paul was a very studied man. He had a brilliant mind. He knew the Old Testament scriptures very, very well. But boy, when he got saved, his whole life changed. Everything was new and fresh. All of a sudden, all the Old Testament passages that Paul had had known very, very well started to come to light because he began to realize the significance of all those Old Testament passages that he had had studied that he had been taught early on in his life you see salvation really is the beginning of what I would say is an eternal relationship think about it Jesus said that we have in him we have eternal life we have everlasting life that means we're going to spend the rest of eternity in this life and the life to come with the Lord isn't that exciting tonight to think about that relationship. Uh, if you back up one verse here in Philippians chapter 3, look at what we covered last week, verse number 9. Look at that verse again. The Bible says, Be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Those two simple words, in Christ. They literally mean to be clothed in his righteousness. Uh, When God looks at us, we who have been justified, understand there's nothing good about us. There is nothing righteous about us. But when God looks at us, he sees the blood of his own dear son. And it's a wonderful thing to be in Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, therefore, if any man be in Christ, there it is again, He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, how many things? All things are become new. When Paul's writing here in verse number 10 in our text tonight, and Paul says that I may know him. You ever ever got familiar with someone and you spend a lot of time with them and then somehow over the course of time something happens And they do something or they totally go a different direction and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, boy, I thought I knew him better than that. Has that ever happened to you? When I think about Jesus, there's no reason why we can't get to know him better because God's given us his word. If we spend more time in the word of God, you know what's going to happen is you and I... We'll learn more about him. We'll get to know him better. We'll understand his mind, his heart. And when Paul says that I may know him, he's not speaking about knowing uh, th- that he is saved. Paul is speaking about knowing the one that saved him. Are you still thankful for the Lord saving your soul? I was thinking about what Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And he goes through verse, chapter number 7, all those verses about The things that he should be doing, but he's not doing. And he's talking about the struggle in his life between the flesh and the spirit. At the end of that chapter, he he makes the statement, oh, wretched man that I am. And the only person that can help us with our wretchedness is the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to get to know him. F.B. Meyer said, Christ does not live Back in the centuries, nor amidst the clouds of heaven, he is near us, with us, compassing our path in our lying down and acquainted with all our ways. There must be an inner knowledge of all those whom he counts his own familiar friends, whom he trusts with his secrets, who eat with him of his own bread. When's the last time you had sweet communion? With Jesus. You just sat down and spent some time with the Lord. You say, Pastor, you make it sound like I can sit down with Him. Absolutely. You make it sound like I can kneel to pray and He'll be there with me. Absolutely. You make it sound like when I'm going through a trial that He'll be there to comfort me. Absolutely. I'm telling you, folks, the Lord Jesus is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He loved you so much, he gave himself for you. And he still desires for you and I to get to know him in a better way. That was Paul's desire. Now, so many people, they miss it. They think that it's all about religion. Can I tell you, it's not about religion, it's about a relationship. See, what is religion? Religion satisfies many with their rights, their systems of religion, and their regulations. But for the Christian, you and I should want to know Him. And that was Paul's desire, is to know Christ. Look, you can know in your life, you can know all the rules, and you can know all the preferences, But you might miss the most important thing, and that is to know Him. Paul says here that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Hey, listen, can I just put it this way? Be careful about what you ask for. Did you hear what Paul wrote? Listen, to get to know Him means to know the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering. You see, we have to know all about him. We can't pick and choose. That we may know him. F.B. Meyer said, you should never rest until we know him as we know our friend and are able to read without speech the movements of his soul. So tonight, three quick questions. And I want you to think about these questions right from these two verses. Here's the first one tonight. The first one is, do you know His power? Do you know His power? Folks, I'm going to tell you tonight, God's power is available for you. God's power is available. How many of you believe that God is able? Amen. Amen. I hope you believe that with all your heart. God has the power. If God had the power to save you, God has the power to keep you. And understand tonight, That God has power. Now, Paul says that I may know him. That word know means I want to become familiar with, I want to become acquainted with the power of God. Folks, look, I want God's power in my own life. I want God's power as I stand to preach the word of God. I want God's power as I stand to witness for the Lord. I want God's power as I try to lead my family. I want God's power in all areas of my life. Look, what good is a vacuum cleaner if you don't plug it into the outlet? you got to have the power. What was the secret behind the, the Christians in the first century? They had the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We need to understand. We need to know his power. Well, how did Paul understand that? Paul had an intimate relationship. He had a bond. He had a friendship with the Lord Jesus. Look, Paul wanted to know his power First of all, through a relationship. Now, tonight, listen, we build our lives on relationships. When Paul got saved, folks, it was something that began the basis of what Paul would spend the rest of his days doing, and that was to have an ever deepening knowledge of his Savior. Paul wanted to know every detail about the Lord. You ever wanted to get a present for someone, and you're thinking, what can I get them? If you knew them well enough, you wouldn't have to think about it, would you? And I think many times, Lord, what would you have me to do? And clearly, all I have to do is look in the pages of the Word of God. And God shows me what I should do, how I should treat others, how I should pray for certain people. You see, this relationship is so important that every Christian should desire to know Christ and, and allow him to shape our lives. Look what John wrote. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God, and he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love, and this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Understand tonight, even Jesus, while He was on this earth, said, Hey, listen, a a sure sign that you are one of my disciples is that you love the brethren. And I see there are times in lives when people don't get along. Folks, we've got to understand the importance of this relationship. Milton said, The end of all learning." is to know God and out of that knowledge to love and to imitate him. Folks, I can't think of anything that would be a a greater thing for you to do than to be more like Jesus. Imagine what this world would be like if more Christians had the mind of Christ, if more Christians had the compassion that Jesus had, if more Christians cared about others the way that Jesus did if more more Christians looked at every person the way Jesus looked at them instead of looking at the way they dress or the w- way that they they carry on listen we need to understand the importance and Paul says I want to know him and one way I can know his power is through a relationship but notice secondly he says I want to know his power through his resurrection and certainly we can be in relationships with one another but when it comes to the resurrection power there's only one place to go and we're talking about going to Jesus look at the example of his life and look as we think about sin and the hope that we have all of it is in the Lord Jesus and as Paul thought about his own life here's why he's writing to those in Philippi he says that when I think of the resurrection and I think of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ he says it brings great joy in my life Thinking about that power, that strength, that ability, how that we died in him and we rose in him and we are living a life that is pleasing to God. That's what Jesus wanted to do. Every bit of your life ought to be lived to please your heavenly Father. Look what Paul wrote to a a church of, of struggling young Christians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus, shall raise up us also, by who? Now, let me read that again. I don't know if you're with me tonight, but I'm going to tell you something. That ought to excite you right there. Because the Bible says, knowing, look at the word, knowing that he raised up the Lord Jesus, shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish. Anybody struggling in the flesh? Anybody from day to day struggle? Listen, I'm going to tell you folks, when you think about the resurrection power of Jesus I know this, that as the Bible says here, that though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed how often? Day by day. See this resurrection power, you know what it does? It renews us. It brings about a renewal in us. Look, yesterday is gone, but guess what God's given us today? God's given us a renewal day by day, and resurrection power provides that renewal, but it also provides an unction for us to be able to do the work of God folks look I understand if you want to put it this way I'm in full-time ministry but can I tell you that if you are a Christian every one of us are in the ministry every one of us should be a part of the work of God this isn't just for the pastor this isn't just for the staff this is for every child of God the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and I brethren when I came to you came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in meekness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your face shall not stand In the wisdom of men but in the power of God Paul says look I'm not here to give some great oration I'm not here to tickle your ears I'm here to help you understand that there is power available and you can know that power through a relationship with Jesus and you can know that power because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus himself and the question tonight is do you know his power are you acquainted with the power of God, because folks, it is available for you and for me and for every child of God, and we need God's power in our lives. You see, do you know his power? Here's the second question. Do you know his presence? You know, before I got saved, I knew all about him, but I didn't know him. It was almost like he was some distant deity that i was aware of but i never felt his presence in my life he was never there now can i say that wasn't his fault that was my fault because he desires you go back to the book of genesis you know what you'll find that god desires to spend time with man now i can't understand that because i know my nature But I know that it is true that he desires to be with us. And Paul was one that says, hey, look, church, can I help you tonight? Paul says that we can know his presence through a personal fellowship. Personal fellowship. It's great to get together with the saints of God. But folks, I'm talking tonight about you and Jesus getting together. I'm talking about personally fellowshipping, having communion, communicating Contributing and distributing with him, to suffer for him. Hey, listen, it's all included when it comes to fellowshipping with him. Peter said, Rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Wearsby said, Paul walked with Christ, he prayed. He obeyed his will, and he sought to glorify his name. When he was living under the law, all Paul had was a set of rules. But now he had a friend. He had a master. He had a constant companion. I I tell you, folks, I didn't know him before I got saved the way I know him now. And he is such a dear friend to me and i i think about what uh, what john wesley said years ago he said i want the whole christ for my savior the whole bible for my book the whole church for my fellowship and the whole world for my mission field hey, folks we need to understand tonight that we've got to know his presence and the only way we can do that is through personal fellowship and also through persevering fellowship because many times we learn that It is through those difficult times, through our suffering times, through the trials that we learn about his grace and his help. Many of us have experienced that. We've gone through some deep times in our lives, some temptations, some trials. And look, we all know this. You study the word of God long enough, you'll understand God will not tempt you for evil. Everything God does, he does for your good. And we see in our, in our lives that many times it's through the persevering, that fellowship with him. Aren't you glad as a Christian? If sometimes people say, well, I don't know if I want to be a Christian because if you're a Christian, that means that you're going to go through hard times, you're going to suffer, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. That's their mindset. And I, many times I remind people that the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And I try to to encourage people, and I have found it true in my life, that I would much rather go through the trials with Him than to go through the trials without Him. I want His presence in my life. I want to know that He is there. And by the way, I have felt His presence in my life. I know that He has been there for me, and I guarantee you, Many of you can testify of the same thing tonight. That he is there for you when you go through those times of suffering. And when we are going through those times, we have a companion in him. We have one that has suffered far more than we ever will. We have one that will stick with us all the way through our suffering. Look at the Bible says in Hebrews 12, here's what we should do looking unto Jesus. He's the author, the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds, ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You see, the Lord knows what you're going through, and the Lord will be there for you. I called Brother Webster before church tonight, And I said, Brother Webster, what time are you going in for your procedure on Tuesday? And he said, "Uh, I have to be there early, Pastor. We talked for a while. And his spirits were high. You know why? Because he knows that he's in the hand of God, he's got God's presence in his life. And understand tonight that we can know his presence, it's through personal fellowship, it's through persevering fellowship. And Paul says, look, that I might know his power, and I want to know his presence. But notice, thirdly, when you think about your life and mine, folks, we're all headed somewhere. And if we're in Christ, we know where that somewhere is. I want you to think tonight with this third question. Do you know his perfection? Go back to verse number 11. Look what it says. The Bible says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Paul says, that I might attain. He's describing a spiritual reaching. That's what he's talking about. A spiritual reaching, the word attain, means to achieve or to accomplish by efforts. In other words, that Paul's saying, uh, look, I, when I think about my life, one thing that I see in the writings of Paul and, and I kind of feel in my spirit is this, that Paul just, he always felt in his, in his heart after he got saved I'm not worthy. It kind of reminds me of John the Baptist who said, I'm not even worthy to unlatch his shoes. You start thinking about the Lord long enough, and you'll realize how unworthy you and I are, too. That none of us are worthy, but yet I see here he talks about a spiritual reaching. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15:9, he says, I'm the least of the apostles. He says that I am not meet to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church of God. Hey, listen, I can tell you time and time again, have you ever thought back, and and look, I don't dwell in the past, but if you're like me, I got saved at the age of 20. Many times I think about many of the things I did before I got saved. The truth is I can remember many times coming home. I still lived at my parents' house when I got saved. And I remember I came home after I got saved and it was one of those things where I I knew what happened. I just didn't know how to put it into words. You you with me tonight? I could explain it in a way, but yet I maybe I didn't have the terminology, maybe I, I didn't have the understanding. I think most of us would agree that you don't know everything when you get saved, you just know that you've been saved. And I I would come home and my unsaved parents would ask me questions. I walked in the door one day and my my mom said, "I I got this letter in the mail from that church you've been going to. And I didn't know they sent out a letter. They mailed it to our house. I said, what did it say? And my mom says, well, it says there that you got saved. She said, what does that mean? I'll be honest with you. I've rehearsed this over in my mind. I don't know how many times. I can't remember what I said to her. But there's been many times where I've thought back prior to that where I would come home and because the Holy Spirit was working me over and the conviction was there and I was kicking against the pricks and I would come home and I would just Smear and badmouth the pastor. I just can't believe he said this. I can't. And I think to myself how I allowed myself to say those things, which further hurt the opportunity that I would have had with my parents to talk to them about the Lord. That aggravates me. For many years, I struggled with that. And you have to know that when Paul got saved, many times in his mind, in his heart, He could recall the the faces of those people that he went into their homes and pulled them out of their houses and cast them into prison because of their faith in Christ. He could probably think back and maybe have the images of those that were put to death because of his vehemence against them. Paul says here, I'm not even worthy, but, but he understood the reach the the perfection that the Lord wants us to spend eternity with him and he's describing here a spiritual reaching but then notice he also described an eternal relationship because again regardless of of where Paul had been before Paul had made a decision to trust Christ as his savior and again we were talking at lunch today and and I asked the question to this dear couple I said do you know Christ as your Savior? And they they both gave a, a testimony that they were saved, but they talked about their life and maybe some of the things that they were still working on. And I began to explain to them that even though we're saved, that we there is this process known as sanctification. That we never get there, folks. Paul says that, that he was constantly he says I haven't arrived yet and listen if Paul wasn't there I dare say none of us are either but Paul understood here an eternal relationship and with that decision to trust Christ he understood came the promise that God gave and that was eternal life that wasn't Paul's promise to himself that was God promising him this eternal relationship and that relationship was based on the resurrection of the Lord he mentions here that it's about the resurrection of Christ. Again, in verse number 11, the Bible says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, it's referred to many times as the first resurrection. It's referring to all the believers in Christ. That Look, folks, we need to understand that only those that have a relationship with the Lord Jesus are the ones that will go through this resurrection Revelation 20 in verse 6 blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power boy doesn't that excite you tonight to know that we are in Christ he says but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years He's describing this eternal relationship. And in the book of Ephesians, he talks about not only the resurrection, but he talks about our glorification. Look at verse 13. He says, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest, the down payment, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. Hey, folks, we ought to be excited tonight because as Christians, there are some things that we should know. We certainly should know His power. And we need to know His presence. And we need to know His perfection. But out of all of these, I think the yearning of Paul's heart the compulsion of his life, the passion, the relentless quest of Paul's life was this here it is that I might know him. I want to know Jesus. And I hope tonight your heart is that I want to know him. You know, I found other people in the scriptures that that was their desire. Now, they didn't use the same words, but when I look at Moses' life, Moses made the statement. Lord, show me your glory. When I think about David, David said, My soul panteth for thee, O Lord. The disciples asked the Lord, teach us. When I look at Paul here, Paul said that I may know him. Folks, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about a determination to have a relationship with him. I know you're sitting here thinking, well, I'm saved. You know you can be saved, but really not know him the way you should know him. Let's get to know the intimate details about Jesus. Let's bow our heads tonight. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of God. As we see tonight, the power, the power of the resurrection The power that you had to raise your son. The power that you have that we could do your work. I think about your presence, Lord. We need you. Lord, if you're not here tonight, you have said that where two or three are gathered together, that you've promised to be here with us. Lord, without you, we're not having church. I think about your perfection. Lord, how sweet heaven's going to be someday. But, Lord, we don't have to wait until eternity to have a relationship with you. We can have that now. I pray that as Paul had that consuming desire and passion to know you, that, Lord, we would be the same, that we might know you better. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's stand tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes.